Philippines and Trinidad and Brazil and Guyana and Alabama and just all, all over the world. It's just it's a blessing. You know, one day around that throne, there are going to be saved people there out of every kindred, nation, tribe, and tongue. I'm glad we don't have a tribal deity. I'm glad we have the God of all the earth. It's a blessing. It's just a blessing. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, speaking of all the earth, nobody can tell a story like John Sarah. I saw John and Lorna. They'd just gotten in from Zambia, and they'd been fly, traveling for, for three days, four days, and just they were just zombies. But they, they came into church that night. They landed in Boston about 2 and, and got in 6 o'clock evening service. After church, we were talking, and he, he, he said, Now, you get home, you got you got to tell the people about Bob White terrorizing the village people of Zambia. I said, what are you talking about? He said, he said, Bob, get up in the morning and he put on a white t-shirt and he's got that long white beard and he'd go out jogging and he'd take a machete with him in case he saw snakes. And he said, Bob, come running up out of the bushes into one of those villages and everybody thought it was death coming to... Coming to Angel of death was coming to coming to town to take him out. <laughs> oh man, I'd like to have seen that. <laughs> well, that. That's how John told it. Bob will have to defend himself. <laughs> That'd been a sight, wouldn't it? People never seen a white man before. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, buddy. All right, John. Exodus 32, Exodus chapter 32, verse 1, that's all we got through the other night. And when the people saw that, and that'll get you in trouble, people saw that Moses delayed, but he didn't delay, he didn't tell them when he was coming, he just said he's coming back. To come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron. They're supposed to gather unto the Lord. They gathered unto Aaron and said unto him up, make us gods. Wouldn't you think that, that people would ask themselves the question, how do you make a God? And if you can make it, how could it possibly be God? Up, make us gods, which should go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we talked the other night, if you've got a God that will go before you, if you made it with your hands, it's a statue. The only way it can go before you is if you're pushing it around. These people wanted a God they could control. They didn't want a God that controlled them. Glad there's nobody like that in, in our church. Uh, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, I don't believe that's true. I believe God brought him out. We want not what has become of him. And Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, of your sons, and of your daughters. Well, they, you can tell they've been in Egypt for a while. And bring them unto me. By the way, I, I read a thing this week. It has nothing to do with the sermon, but I, I wanted to work it in here somehow. said there was a shooting at one of these super secret, high, you know, secu- top security Things and somebody pulled up, two fellows in a car pulled up the gate and they, and they shot some people and it said they were dressed like women. And I thought, you mean the news media knows that there's a way that women dress? 
and it's not the way that men dress. I thought that was really odd that, that the, the news media understood that. But anyway, um, that kind of killed everything that happened all night long, didn't it? And Aaron, Aaron, Aaron said to them, Break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, of your sons, and of your daughters, and bring them unto me. Uh, and all the people break off the golden earrings which were in their ears, and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them at their hand, and fashioned it with a graving tool, after he had made it a molten calf. And they said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. Father, help me, help me to preach the truth. And Father, help us all tonight to want the truth. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, whether you appreciate this or not, whether you appreciate this or not, a congregation needs a preacher who won't do what they want him to do. A congregation needs a preacher that will do what God wants done. And this congregation got in trouble the minute the preacher they couldn't order around left the scene and was replaced by one they could order around. Aaron should have just said no. And they said, well, we've taken a vote and we want a golden calf. And Aaron said, well, you and your vote and go on home and, and, and stew about it and be unhappy about it. I, we're not making a golden calf. That'd go against God. But Aaron, Aaron was willing to content the people. Instead of please God, he wanted to please the people. He was, he was a seeker-friendly sort of a sort of a fella, and, you know, he just, he didn't want to be judgmental, and he didn't want to be critical, and he, he didn't want the people to feel like he was judging them, and so he just went along with what they wanted. What they wanted was wrong. And a preacher is not supposed to go along with what the people want if the people don't want what's right. And so, so Moses, Moses never would have done this, but Aaron did. And he says, uh, break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, your sons, your daughters. Now, uh, more than, more than one of you has said to me this week that you couldn't wait until we got to that part about the earrings and the sons and what a great opportunity that would be to, to preach on men wearing earrings. But if you notice, it didn't say, it didn't say the men. It said the women and the sons and the daughters. Now, if you go to Leviticus, you'll read, you read Leviticus that if you bore a hole, you bore a hole in the ear and put a ring in the ear to signify that someone is a slave, that someone is your property. Okay, now, so it, listen, this is more, this is far more significant than the boys wearing earrings. We could preach about that if you wanted to, but but uh, you know that was 1980s, and would to God that was the worst thing boys were doing nowadays. I mean, the worse this thing gets, you almost, the other night I told somebody, I said, you almost wish, well, you do wish, all you had to preach against was, was TV. Yeah. I mean, Roloff thought the country was going down the sewer when all there was was ABC, NBC, and CBS, and half of it was black and white. Yeah. Glad he's not here to see it now. Anyway. Uh, so, you know, in the 80s, that got to be a thing with, with men wearing earrings. And everybody said, man, you know, you keep doing that, you're, you're almost like a homosexual. Well, now they are homosexual, <laughs> with or without the earrings. So anyway, uh, listen, here, here's what's significant about it. They got out of Egypt. Ten miracles. Passover night. God set them free from Egypt. 
You'd have thought they'd have taken off those earrings and given the gold to God. God brought them through the Red Sea. They are not going back into captivity. You'd have thought they'd have taken off those earrings and given them to God. They are still living like slaves even though they're free. God has set them free, but they don't feel they owe Him anything. God has delivered them miraculously, but it never came into their heart to give Him anything. But as soon as they come up with this idea to make themselves a God that they can push around, and make themselves a God that will be subject to their whims, they're willing to give Him their gold. Now, they'd also spoiled the Egyptians. You remember that? The Bible says the Hebrews spoiled the Egyptians that night when they left. Don't you, don't, I wonder how many, how many Egyptian neighbors came to a Hebrew house with money or silver or possessions and said, would you, would you please pray to your God and ask Him to take these things away from us? And somebody's been feeling the lash and the whip of Egyptians and somebody's been having their babies thrown in the river and and drowned by Egyptian government. I'd say they weren't any too reluctant to take whatever their neighbors wanted to give them under any type of pretenses. And so they left, not only did they have their freedom, but they left with the riches of Egypt. They left with the treasures of Egypt. They left with gold in their ears. And the night after Passover, they didn't offer any of it to God. And as they camped by the Red Sea, they didn't offer any of it to God. And when they set up camp on the other side of the Red Sea, they didn't offer any of it to God. And when the mountain began to smoke with fire and and the Lord began to speak from, from glory, they didn't offer any of it to God. But as soon as somebody came up with an idea to make a golden calf... Out came the wallets, out came the pocketbooks, out came the checkbooks, out came the debit cards and the credit cards, out came the gold and the silver, because people are glad to give money to what they love. People are glad to give money to what they worship. Every time I go to church, I talk about money. Well, you should go more often, because we hardly ever talk about money. Sunday after Sunday, men and women washed in the blood of the Lamb, grumble and criticize and complain at the mere suggestion of tithes and offerings. A special collection or a building fund provokes them to anger and drives them from the church. Yet the moment a new model cell phone comes out, or another mind-numbing video game hits the stores, out come the cash and the credit cards. If the price the rates go up on cable TV, they pay it. If the rates go up for the satellite dish, they pay it. They'll buy shoes for the children's soccer, the best lures to catch a fish. They'll rejoice at a 50% off sale and buy stuff they don't even need. And you let an offering plate linger in front of them. Oh, the evil wants my money. People don't complain about spending money on what they want. They don't complain about spending money on what they enjoy. They don't complain about spending money where their heart is. It's just a fact. It's just a fact. 
Well, you know, I like, I like that Knox guy because you know what he says about tithing? Well, apparently you don't. So let's put it this way. Some Christians go out to eat and they dine and dash. They order what they want, they gobble up a nice meal, they wait till the, the coast is clear, and then they run out without paying. Some Christians, <laughs> some Christians eat a nice meal and the bill's $26, and they pay the 26 bucks because that's what is required, and out they go. But some Christians eat a nice meal, it's 26 bucks, and they say, well, you know what? Not only did I get a good meal, I got treated well, I got served well, I, I, I was, I, I, everything I wanted was, was supplied for me, I'm going to leave a nice tip on top of that. And some people come to church and sing about how good God's been to them and hear from the Bible about how God wants to help and bless their life and people pray for them and people encourage them and people have activities for their children and people bring them, bring them food when they're down and out and, and bring them meals when they're too sick to cook and, and things like that. You know what they do? They dine and dash. They wait till nobody's looking and they leave and they don't pay for nothing. And the church rolls on just like the restaurant rolls on. Because the restaurant can absorb the loss of a few people uh, failing to do their honest duty. And a church can absorb the loss of a few Christians failing to do their honest duty. That doesn't mean it helps the restaurant or the church for people to take and take and take and take and not give anything in return. Then some Christians, they, they tithe. Some tithe their net, and some tithe their gross, and some tithe to the penny, and some round it off to the $10 number, the dollar number, and they, they've done their duty, and praise the Lord, that's wonderful. Well, New Testament didn't teach tithing. Well, if an unsaved Jew under the law could give God 10%, I'd hate to give any less. But some people, some, some Christians, they just think, you know something, God's been so good to me. And he's blessed me in so many ways. And I, 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 man, I got my, I met my husband at church and I met my wife at church and, and the church prayed when I was pregnant and the church, uh, you know, did things for me when I was going to have a, have a, a baby and, 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 and they just, they just, they, they, you know what they do? They give God a, a big tip. They, they don't just write out, write out the check for what's owed. They want to do some more. That's not required of you. You're in a you're in a church right now that doesn't doesn't even pass an offering plate. There's a box back here in the back with a, hand, a little handwritten sign on the box. We're not about your money. You know that. There's no offering envelopes in your in the uh, hymn rack in front of you. There's no thermometer in the in the lobby. I'm just telling you. Why does it bother you to give something to God when it doesn't bother? It don't bother you to spend 100% of your money on you. And it would bother you to cut your part down to 90. <laughs> but the most important thing in your life is the Lord. Oh, the good life. Just love the Lord. He, take the world, but give me Jesus. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just pointing out that God did a lot for them to get them out of Egypt. And he did a lot for us to get us out of hell. 
And God did a lot for us to get us free from the people that, that would have abused us our entire life. And He's continuing to bless us every moment of every day. But it's funny, the only time we pop an earring out of our ear is at Walmart or Bass Pro Shop or Home Depot or Lowe's or Chick-fil-A or someplace where we're getting something for us. How come we don't ever view church as getting something for us? And I've gotten more out of church in my life than anywhere else I've ever been on the face of this earth. I got more hope and more joy and more blessing and more help and more correction and more instruction. All my, all my friends came from church. My, my family came from church. My loved ones came from church. My eternity came from church. And just the funny thing that people just find it such a, such a grievous thing. To give any money to God. Well, you know, I, I think, I don't, I don't like how they spend some of that money. You like how Walmart spends all its money? Like how the Arabs spend all the money you buy, spend on gasoline? You like how Hollywood spends all the money you spend on your cable? You know, it's, it's, you don't complain about how Google uses its money. You don't complain about how Amazon uses its money. You don't complain about how Starbucks uses its money. How come the only place some preacher that you've never met who did something you don't even know for sure if he did, how come that's the only place you complain? Well, the reason I don't give money to churches, they don't, they don't spend it right. Nobody spends money right, including you. How come you give so much to you, you don't spend yours right? Well, anyway, that was, that was a great song that young people sang, wasn't it? Great to hear from Brother Trumpo and, and his family. It's good to see Dean and Patty. is such a blessing. All they ever talk about is money. Yeah, five minutes out of your life, you can handle it. I just don't want to get to heaven. I'm going to go. I'm not going to be thrown in hell. I'm not going through purgatory. I'm not going to be punished when I get there. I'm not going to be whipped or beaten at the judgment seat of Christ. I just don't want to look around and see that Jesus Christ died for souls. And I'd spent all my money on cats. And Jesus died to save souls. And I'd spent all my money on plants and big screens and flat screens. And <laughs> I saw this thing, I don't know if it was scientific or not because it was a cartoon. But it said the evolution of the modern, modern American. And it was decade by decade and it showed, it, it looked scientific to me, it showed that the larger the TV set the thinner the American. And over the decades, the thinner the TVs get, the larger the Americans get. Now, I don't, I don't know if, that's a, if, if there's any connection to that or not, but I, I thought it was interesting. Um, if you want to check your $300 phone with a $150 a month plan to see how long I've been talking about money, 
Just slip it out and give it a look. Well, it can do all this stuff. So can the Bible. So can a missionary. So can God. Well, um, verse number three. And all the people break off the golden earrings which were in their ears. They're having a revival. And Aaron brought, and brought them unto Aaron, and he received them at their hand and fashioned. That's, that's an offering, people. And received it at their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool. All right, now, now think about this. While Moses is standing in the presence of God, and God is writing, Thou shalt have no other gods. Aaron is at the foot of the mountain making one. While the finger of God is writing on tables of stone, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Aaron has a tool in his hand and is fashioning one while the ground shakes and the smoke and fire rise from the mountain and the voice of God echoes down the mountainside like a trumpet. It's incredible. And you know, this isn't a swift, sudden fall in a moment of weakness. We've all had those. But the people came to Aaron and said, We want you to make us a God. Now, he's got to take the time to plan the size, shape, dimension, style. He had plenty of time to repent. He had plenty of time to come to his senses. He had had plenty of time to, to let God deal with his heart. Then the word goes out through all the camp. Break off the earrings. That took some time. Gather them up. That took some time. Bring them to Aaron. And Aaron is watching the movement all throughout the city and all throughout the encampment and and the stirring and the rustling. Here comes a basket full and here comes another basket full and here comes a man with a, a bag on his shoulder and they're pouring out all of this gold. That took some time. Then they gotta go out and cut wood and, and ca- carry wood and build a fire. And they gotta build a fire hot enough to melt gold. And they have to have some sort of contraption to melt the gold without losing it into the dust and the ground and the fire. They gotta figure that out. They gotta figure out a way to superheat it, turn it to liquid, capture it. That took hours, maybe days to do that. Then the liquid gold comes out and it's collected and Aaron, he, the, the mountain's still on fire. The trumpet voice of God is still sounding. The ground is still shaking and Aaron keeps testing it to see, is it cool enough? Is it firm enough? I can't let it get too hard or I won't be able to shape it. And, and so he's watching, he's watching, he's watching. And finally, it's, it's just the right temperature and just the right texture. And this man who stood with Moses when he put the rod in the river and turned it to blood. This man was that stood with Moses when he said, let my people go. This man that helped Moses tell the people how to kill the Passover lambs and put the blood on the doorpost. He is forming 
this, this lump of gold into the legs of a cow and the torso of a cow and he's carving the face of a cow on the, this took days. Okay, we get it. You looked at something you shouldn't have looked at. That's not what we're talking about. A word slipped out of your mouth that you shouldn't have said. That's not what we're talking about. You lost your temper in, in, the, in a bad situation. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the fact that for months and for years, you've been drifting into and then hiding and then covering up some sinful habit. didn't happen overnight. We're talking about the fact that you knew, you knew the relationship was, was faulty. You knew it wasn't right by the Bible. And you had a chance to fix it here and a chance to fix it here and a warning here and somebody pleading with you here. But you just kept forming and fashioning your own God. Well, I don't see what's wrong with it. Aaron, look at the mountain. I don't see anything wrong with the golden calf. Aaron, God's up there. Don't you hear his voice? I just don't see what all the fuss is about. Where are you tonight? They went from not wanting the God of heaven to bowing down to a golden calf. But what we read about in two verses... Come on, think about it. We read it like Aaron said it. Well, I just threw some gold in the fire and this calf popped out. That's not what happened. It's planned. It's calculated. It's premeditated. Designs are drawn. Men and, and, and laborers are put into motion. Fires are built and controlled and regulated and gauged. And I don't know how long it takes to, to heat and melt that much gold, but it's not 15 minutes. This ain't a microwave supper out of the refrigerator. Aaron had plenty of space to repent, plenty of time to get this right. And so will you. you end up back in that life you left behind, it won't happen overnight. You end up turning away from the things of God and going back out in that world, it won't happen overnight. You tear your home apart instead of building it up, it won't happen in a week. You, you make yourself the next heretic that tears up a good church, it won't be over something that happened Sunday afternoon and you tore the thing up on Thursday night. May the Lord help us. Aaron becomes a fool. He says in his heart, there is no God. Why would you be making a God if there was one? He bows before the shining metal. He pushes some this way and he molds some that way. He's forming, he's shaping with great care, provoking God to anger. Have you pushed your Bible over here? Have you pushed the warnings of your friends over here? Have you pushed good counsel over here? Have you shaped the preaching this way and that way so it's conformed to the God that you want instead of the God of the Bible? Have you taken your graving tool and put the best face on something you know isn't right? It takes time. But people want another God, got all the time in the world. 
You know, they say, how come you got to serve God so much? How come you got to read the Bible so much? How come you got to go to church so much? And my answer to that is, how come you got to do something else so much? <laughs> Why do you got to do whatever it is you want me to do instead of serve God so much? Churches now, they're canceling midweek services. They're canceling Sunday night services. You know why? Because <laughs> they'd rather be somewhere else. That's why. There's something else they'd rather do. Well, what are you going to go to church on Sunday night? Why do you got to stay home and watch a ball game Sunday night? I don't have to go to church Sunday night. I want to. You want to stay home Sunday night. Stay home. We're not going to cancel churches because you don't want to be there. Nobody's going to come shoot you in the foot. You don't have to be in church. You want to do something else Sunday night? Do it. But we're not going to close church. Well, you know, why you gotta have, why you gotta have the, you know, go out there Friday afternoon and, and do that stuff and then Friday night go to the nursing home, why you gotta do that? Well, what do you wanna do? I mean, the only reason you, you object to that is there's something you'd rather do. That's fine. But don't ask those of us that love God and want to serve God and want to spend time with His people, don't ask us to shut it all down just because you prefer a God you can push around. See, people come, you know, they come here and they visit a time or two and, I don't know about that, man. That guy's so mean, he's so hateful. Look, you do what you want. You do what you want. I, I just, I, I spent 10 minutes talking about giving money to God. I've been pastor of this church since 1987. I don't know who gives and who doesn't give. And I don't know how much anybody gives and how much anybody doesn't give. That's between you and God. And I'm going to tell you what you ought to do from the Bible. But it's up to you. And if you don't, you don't, you don't think a church ought to have a midweek service, then don't go to one. You don't think a church ought to have a prayer meeting? Don't go to the prayer meeting. But don't ask people to give up something they love doing just because you don't have any interest in it. That's, that's fair enough. If people come downtown, you know, well, you know how come you, how come you people, you, what, your preacher make you do this stuff? No, our preacher's out of town. <laughs> Where is he? I want to talk to him. Well, he's not here. Well, then why are you here? People don't understand that some people love the Lord and love other people's souls enough to want to tell them about Jesus. We're not trying to sell enough Girl Scout cookies to get a mansion in heaven. We've got one. We're happy about it. I didn't want to linger here, but it's got to be evident to each of us that once a man or a woman surrenders to the flesh or submits to the will of the mob, you can deliberately and with great effort pursue sin to their deepest and most hideous depths. And that's what happened in Exodus 32. Well, I just believe if God doesn't want me to do it, He'll stop me. He didn't stop them. Why would He stop you? I say it again. I say this all the time. But you got to keep saying it because it, it stays relevant. 
If you want to live for the Lord, if you'll stay in a church where the Bible's preached, and you'll stay in fellowship with people that are trying to live for God, in five years, in ten years, you will be so much stronger as a Christian than you ever thought you would be or planned to be. Now listen. And if you leave a church like this, it doesn't matter how angry you get when when somebody tells you, in five years, you will be so much farther into sin than you thought you would be. In ten years, you will be so much deeper into things of the world than you thought you would be. You couldn't possibly have believed that somebody could grow up in a church like this and be doing what they're doing five years after they left it. Just like you couldn't believe that somebody grew up, their dad wasn't saved, their mom wasn't saved, they didn't grow up in church, they didn't grow up in the Bible, and they got saved and got in a church like this, and ten years later they're a missionary? Ten years later they're a preacher? How could that be? Because there is a true God in heaven who will take you farther into righteousness and holiness than you ever thought possible, and there's a golden calf of your own making that will take you farther into sin and ruin than you ever thought possible. And nobody thought in verse 1 that a golden calf chapter would end with naked, fornicating, dancing in public, and dead bodies all over the ground. But it did. But it did. And if you don't think I'm telling the truth, just spend 30 nauseating minutes on faceplant and watch people who once sat in a Bible-believing church glorying in their shame. Because here's the little secret about the golden calf. Whether it's a true and living God or a false God you make with your own hands, your God will control your life. So, well, no, wait, how could a golden calf control my life? Well, it's simple. The true God speaks real words. They're in the Bible. And the true God brings real conviction to the heart from the Holy Spirit. And the true God has a church, a body, Brothers, sisters, disciples, believers, to to encourage you and and prompt you and, and, and keep you going in a narrow road. But that false God, he's got a voice too. It's yours. It's your flesh. But you call it God. And he has he has conviction. He'll convict your heart. But it's, it's your conviction. Well, I just feel. Well, the way I see it. Well, I've got peace. Well, I, I, I'm just led. Your golden calf God will have as powerful influence on you as the true and living God. And for long, you'll meet the disciples of that God. And you'll meet brothers and sisters who have that God. And you and some other people who grew up in church can drink together on Saturday night and make fun of Christians. 
And you and other people who grew up in church can, can do, take uh, dope on Sunday afternoon and mock the people who go to church when they could be having such a great time like you are. Sticking a needle between your toes and throwing up. I mean, good times, good times. You know. I prefer the God who sets his people free from sin to the God who sets his people free from righteousness. The God that brought them out of Egypt, they didn't want that God because he, he didn't want them to sin. So they made a God who didn't care if they sinned. My wife doesn't need me to follow that God. My children don't need me to follow that God. My neighbors don't need me to follow that God. You don't need me to follow that God. The real God said not to steal. Would you prefer I didn't steal from you? The real God said, don't commit adultery. Would you prefer I didn't mess up your family? The, the real God said, thou shalt not bear false witness. Would you, would you prefer me to not lie to you? So I'm afraid of people with a golden calf God. Because their God doesn't care. And people who don't care hurt people. So, verse number 4, And he received them at their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool, and he made it a molten calf. And they said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. Now, that, that, there's, there's one phrase there that I, I, have, I have no comment upon because it doesn't even make sense to me. He made a golden calf. And they said, these be thy gods, O Israel. Now, I get the these be because I hear that all the time. I, I understand that. But I, I, I don't get how you could call a singular god plural gods. Oh, but I do. But I do. Because, see, if we all worship the God of the Bible, He says the same thing to every one of us. He has the same commands for every one of us. He has the same rules for every one of us. But if we all pitch in an earring, and a God comes out of the fire that doesn't speak, and He doesn't give commandments, and He doesn't teach then he's whatever you think he is, and he's whatever you think he is, and he's for whatever you th- you're for, and he's against whatever you're against, and he's just... He's one calf, but he's many gods. <laughs> Let me help you. We're all looking at the same calf, but when it says, yes, we can... We all think it can do something different. It never really says what it can, but you're pretty sure it's what you want. When, when pretty boy puts his fingers together and smiles and says, every day's a Friday. That's so, what does that even mean? When he preaches nothing, 
in the name of God? 40,000 people can watch it and they all know God spoke to them and told them to do just exactly what they were planning to do. It's one God, but that one God is very different to every single person that approaches it. That's why people don't want the God of the Bible. Because He gives us all the same commandments, and He gives us all the same blessings, and He gives us all the same instructions. And that's why if you ask a hundred people who live by the Bible what you should do, they'll all tell you the same thing. And that's why if you ask a hundred heathen out there in the world what you should do, they'll all tell you what they would do. Well, if I was you, well, if I was in your situation, and so you go to a Christian, and Christian, well, here's what the Bible says. Well, yeah, but what do you think I should do? You should do what the Bible says. Oh, well, I don't know. That's 45 people already told me that. Um, Let me ask somebody else. What do you think I should do? Well, here's what I would do. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Put a leg here, another leg here, put a little tail here, put it. Yeah. So, all right. Didn't happen overnight. In fact, some of y'all that that know more about these things than I do, cutting wood and, and, and. Melting gold and artificer, artificing, <laughs> all that. Y'all do some work on that and come up with that. How, how long do you think it took? I bet it took days. I bet it took days. Plenty of time to repent. Plenty of time to come to your senses. Plenty of time to say this is a bad idea. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you so